Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Real Steel, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just The Real Steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Polt. And full disclosure, this episode is going to suck. Um, we got some feedback, Polt. We sounded pretty positive on, on the last episode. We were so optimistic, and it's true, we were. Uh, yeah. This episode is not going to be like that. Uh, we are coming off, honestly, what I would consider is one of the worst Steelers losses in my lifetime. Pitiful, abysmal, hell, pull out this, the thesaurus, man. I, every single synonym you can find for bad and more. This I don't even know what to say. This, this was rough. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in my lifetime as being a Steelers fan that I can remember at least, this might have been one of our most depressing losses. Yeah. that at least I've followed closely through. So that was, that was tough. And and like you said, we were super positive last week. We will not be that positive this week, not even close. We'll be super negative. And it seems like maybe we're, we're, we're our opinions easily sway, but that's just kind of how the script has been written. And uh, the script. It's, a, it's a roller coaster following this team, man. And, and I mean, I think it's worth talking about, but I think we do need the preface no matter what we say. No matter what we we do, we will always be diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and it's not like we're jumping off the bandwagon. We we will ride and die with this team, no matter how painful how painful it may be. Absolutely, man. We're we're in it. We are we are ride or die. And as much as it sucks, as low as this low is, uh, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. And uh, with that said, though, I did almost not watch the entire second half because I was so fed up with them so uh, you know it's a little give and take there you want to you want to just get into it because let's just get into it we're, we're not going to break this game down this there's there's no point in breaking down a 30 to 6 loss where you score two field goals and have nothing absolutely nothing to write home about uh i, I want to start with this poll if you if if our listeners if you listened to last week you know we introduced a new segment we called it the Matt stat is where we rated Matt Canada's performance. Now we're going to talk a good bit, probably about Matt Canada again, and we need to stop doing that, but we can't stop doing that because he's no. still here and he still sucks. Um, we got a few suggestions from some listeners on, on what to rename the Matt stat. I didn't really love that name. Um, and shout out to my cousin, Carolee, longtime listener. We got a really good suggestion and I think we should move forward with this. And I think we should call it, the no Canada segment, a little ode to, uh, or an unfortunate ode, I guess you could say to the national anthem, to the country, to our North, uh, you know, that comes with, with the name Canada, but what better way to describe it than no Canada? I mean, it, it's, it's pitiful, but we got to roll with it. So we're going to start with the no Canada segment. All right. So the question, yeah. the question is, I believe we're coming off of, we rated last week's performance a five. Yeah, that's what I remember. So, how do you rate Matt Canada's performance against the Texans? Uh, how low does it go? <laughs> I mean, is a one too generous? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's got to be a zero or a one. I couldn't give it a two. I'll give it a one. I think it was it was piss poor, just for lack of a better way of saying it. I just. I don't have many words for it. It, it was pitiful. And, and you could tell he was in over his head and just some of the decisions he makes, which, which I'm sure we'll get into in detail, which is terrible. And it, it sucks because last week against the Raiders, he, or I guess two weeks ago against the Raiders, he, he called a couple good drives and the offense actually had some promise. And, and they come out this week, this past week against the Texans and lay an egg and, and look like they're back at week one or late preseason or high school football for that matter so it, it was a it was a big change of pace in a in a very negative way dude why do they show him so much on tv i think they do it because they know how much of a rat like how much it riles up the audience yeah, they, I mean, they I think must. they know they know we all hate him so i yeah. think they do it for that reason just to mess with us i swear they do because Dude, that man gets as much airtime as freaking Taylor Swift during a Chiefs game. Like, I, I can't stand it. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty bad, and he always looks so stupid. He does, and, and that camera angle, that camera too. angle, that's the camera angle is Jagoff of the week worthy. They're not going to get it, but that camera angle, you know, looking up at him, and it's just on an angle. Oh man, he has. How, he how has do you a, feel about the uh, the camera angle where you can see him, and then you can see him on the TV right behind? Yeah, him yeah, too. yeah, dude. Ugh. I mean, it's just like I I I just don't get it. I I don't know. So let's let's talk a little bit about this. I'm I'm gonna go with a one as well. The only yeah. reason I'm not going with a zero is because I think there were a few good uh, run plays, and whether that whether or not that was fully Najee, um, you know, given a hell of an effort, I think there were a few good run plays. He averaged over five yards a carry, I think, for a good portion of the game. Yeah. So that's a one, a one, and not a zero for that reason. But oh, oh, and I, and and if are you going to touch on that more, because I will I say, yeah, it, okay, if you look into it, the run plays there was some different design to it than previous weeks, so. I mean, that's good, but Najee still got hit behind the line of scrimmage almost every run and so somehow, much. He, somehow got out of it. He gets so. so much contact behind the line of scrimmage. It's very frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk in particular about two plays. Okay. There's one play that everyone's going to talk about, right? You know what that is. That's that's the fourth and one call. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that, but... There's another one that actually stands out to me even a little bit more so than that one that just really, really frustrated me. It was a a fourth and two. We were on, I believe, our 36-yard line. It was the fourth quarter. We were down at that point. Uh, 16 23 to 6? 23 to 6. 23 to 6. 23 to 6. Okay. So we're down 23 to 6. And there's like less than 10 minutes left and we punt 10, the ball 10. 10 10 left 10 minutes left and we punt the ball punt the ball from our 36 yard line if that does not say you're giving up what does it's 26 sorry 23 to 6 yeah it's more than a two possession game but we've seen three possessions scored in 10 minutes not from this Steelers team or this Steelers offense but that happens sometimes in the NFL. You know, you go down, you get a score, you make a stop, you score again. All of a sudden, two minutes left. Maybe there's a big play, and and you know it's a close game. I I think that was just waving the white towel. And again, we'll talk about this fourth and one call. But that fourth and two call to punt from our own 36 with 10 minutes and 10 seconds left in the fourth, that that did me dirty. That that really set it off for me. I don't think yeah. that's Matt Canada. I think that's a Tomlin decision. I think that's the game, but that was really yeah, frustrating. I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I don't think you can punt the ball there. Uh, but at the same time, Kenny Pickett's out of the game at that point. It's Mitch Trubisky's first three snaps of the of the season. Uh, yeah, but you're conceding. Now, it was third and two, so they should have, once again, probably ran the ball, which they didn't do that entire drive that Mitch Trubisky came in for. They had three straight passes. Um, but, I mean, no, this 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 leads you right into the dysfunction that started before the game even started. And I don't even know if you're aware of this, but did you see what Matt Canada's comments were before the game? About he, our he, personnel? About how he told CBS that our offense isn't built to come back from, from being down big. Like what a joke. Who says that? And and that's his side of the ball. This is like his his baby and he's basically saying, "Yeah, we we are we are handicapped and we have to play close games and be leading. We can't come back." Like it's an offensive coordinator. They're supposed to be confident and and you're supposed to be scoring points, not saying you can't come back from a deficit. I mean, I just think it, I mean, and then the fourth and two with 10 minutes left not going for it. It's it just that's what it is. It's them them waving the white flag because they know they can't come back. And and the fact that they're okay with that and they're rolling into every week accepting that is is just a problem. I have a theory. Let's hear it. My theory is that Matt Canada's kids are dating Mike Tomlin's kids. Oh my god! And that's why we won't fire his ass. Does Matt Canada even have kids? Yeah, he's got two of them. I did research today. Okay, that's good. I did not know that. Funny enough, I don't one like of them. Up this guy, one of his kids is like a a student, a student coach at ECU, Eastern Carolina University, down oh, here. Interesting. God bless. Yeah, I'd I'd rather have him on my coaching staff than Matt Canada. 
give me his, his student son. Uh, dude, I can I rant for a minute? We got to talk about this fourth and one play, but yeah, go go ahead. We need to rant because I I just don't understand how the hell this man has a job. I know I know there is this thing within the Steelers organization that we do not fire people in the season. We do not fire staff during the season. I'm so sick of that. Any other team, Matt Canada would be gone. So to me, to me, there is something, you're laughing, there is something going on that that we don't know about, that the media doesn't know about, that that no one knows about except Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin and the Roonies, and that's why this man has a job. I'm telling you, there is something weird going on. Because seriously, do you, do you seriously, have any, why do you have the any hell good, else? good thoughts on that? Have you come up with anything? Because you threw this idea at me yesterday. And uh, I mean, you have some some sound points, but I mean, what's what could it be? Did you maybe Matt Canada, maybe Matt Canada sleeping with Mike Tomlin, dude. I don't know. <laughs> what, what what could it be? There, there's I don't know, dude. There there, I just feel like there has to be something. There has to be something that we don't know about because seriously, how how can this man have a job? We, like, I hate it. He's making me not like Kenny Pickett. Yeah, which we could talk about that when we move away from Canada. But I mean, I mean, it, it's it's Tomlin, dude. It's Tomlin. It, yeah, it, fair, 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 I mean, fair. But in the but, words of in the words of Mark Madden, it, Coach Teflon. That's what he's calling him now. I mean, he's calling this the 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 Mike Tomlin. It's not the Mike Tomlin era anymore. It's the Mike Tomlin error because that's huh? how bad it's been. And and it's Mike Tomlin. I think he's the only. And and if you get a chance, listen to Pat McAfee talk about it. Um, on his. October 3rd episode, he thinks, and I agree, I think Mike Tomlin is the only person in the world that doesn't realize that that Matt Canada is terrible at but his I'm job. But I'm telling you, he does realize it. He does. He's, he's padding it in these press conferences. He's not talking about it because something is freaking going on and it's not getting exposed. There has to be. It's like I need a fan fiction, like... I, I need to, to to research this. Something start that. Start uh, well, a fan fiction. I I think their kids are dating. I I maybe they're having an affair. I, don't I mean know. I mean if their kids are dating and that's why they're willing to lose football games, then I just have no words to say. It should not be in this business. But dude, that that's not here neither here there. I mean yeah, Matt Canada is terrible. I mean let's talk about the fourth and one play. Najee had just run all over the Houston Texans. I mean, he had a 23-yard run to start the drive, and then they, he had a one-yard run. And then they, you know, two plays later, they have the blown-up play to Jalen Warren that, again, was a repeat play that we run all the time. So the oh, Texans yeah. knew it. Oh, and, yeah. And that was another theme in the game. And, and then they throw two passes. Oh, what? I guess it was, yeah, second and 18, he threw an incomplete pass to Najee. And then third and 18, they threw a 17-yard pass, which we need to touch on this. That was a 17-yard pass to George Pickens who stutter-stepped and didn't run for the first down. If that is Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Johnson, if that's Deontay Johnson, you would be leading the charge and everybody else about how he needs to run straight. Nobody yep. said anything about George Pickens. I, I mean, we, that should have been a first down and we should have avoided this whole fourth and one. What's funny What's with. funny is you and I texted each other and, and yeah, I said, that's, that's, that's Deontay. True. And you said, that's DJ. And that's we, we, said this, we said, but that. I will say that there is no, nobody's run with that in, in the media. I mean, so that's a mess. And then we get the fourth and one. And, and I don't know, did you get to see big Ben's podcast this week or like the clips from it about this play? No, I, I read a couple headlines, but I didn't listen to it or anything. So Big Ben, I, I mean, if you if you get a chance, check out Football and with Ben Roethlisberger. It's actually a pretty decent podcast, and and he gives he's brutally honest. Not as good as The Real Steel, though. Well, not as good as The Real Steel, obviously, yeah. I mean, that's a free shout-out right there. You're welcome, Ben. But, I mean, it, he's brutally honest, and we've known that for, as being Pittsburgh Steelers fans, but I love it because he'll say what's on his mind. And, and he said when he was watching the game, when they called the timeout, he's like, there's three options here. They're either going to run a QB sneak because, by the way, Penny Pickett has never not gotten a QB sneak yep. on fourth and short yep. in his career. So QB sneak. Najee's been running the ball down their throats. Let's hand it to Najee. He'll get a yard. Or they might line up like in a heavy set, like they're going to run the ball and then run a play action pass, kind of like they used to do all the time with Big Ben. And Big Ben sure. said that. He's like, we, we, 
we've thought we've run that many times and it works all the time because like everybody the, thinks it's the a run. play we ran against uh the the Allen Robinson catch. Yes, the, the Allen Robinson prior. catch or the the Devontae the Adams touchdown against us the previous week by the Raiders. Sure. Similar sure. concept. He said when they came out in shotgun, he didn't believe it. He said when they walked out, he goes, I, I think I think they're gonna try to get him off sides. And then he said they snapped the ball and he's like, Well, there you go. That's it. I mean, there's no chance. I mean, and it's true. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking. You have a you have a downhill running back that can easily fall forward and get a yard. You have a quarterback who could sneak it, and he has never not gotten it on fourth and short or third and short on a QB QB sneak. I mean, there's so many things you could do. Instead, you run a play that you've already run, and you ran as a second and eighteen play. I mean, that was the same exact play they ran earlier in the game on second and eighteen and threw the ball to Allen Robinson for like eight yards. Yeah. And that was their fourth and one play that they called a timeout for. I mean, and then you go into you want to, I mean, there's layers to this. Then you go into Mike Tomlin's press conference, and his reasoning for not running the play or not running the ball was because Dan Moore, Dan Moore wasn't playing. Dan Moore is the worst graded offensive lineman in the NFL. Yep. And Pat Fryermuth just got hurt. So he had Roger Jones and Darnell Washington as two rookie uh, guys who are known as stud power blockers. And Pat Fryermuth can't block, and Dan Moore is not good. And he said because they, those two were out of the game, we couldn't run the ball. Are you kidding me? There's more layers to this, too. There's, yeah, there there's even more. So, okay, so you talk about all that, right? Let's talk about kind of the execution of the play here altogether. Sure. So Kenny takes the ball. Pocket is relatively clean. What's yeah. he do? Spins and rolls out. Okay. Yep. Kenny, Kenny is not comfortable sitting in a pocket, standing in a pocket, which no. we talked about last week. He needs to be more comfortable standing in the pocket. So he rolls out. And what happens is he essentially rolls into who Broderick Jones is blocking and he gets sacked. Of course, he gets twisted up and there's downstream implications from this is that's what leads to Kenny's injury. We'll talk about that in just a second. But the mental toll that that takes on your brand new guy, Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones sat there and probably felt responsible for what just happened. Even he came though, out and said that. Yeah, He's, even yeah, even though there's there's no reason he should because that's that was solely the execution was solely on Kenny for what happened there. Yeah. So so that's really frustrating. So now you mess with your first round pick who prior to this game had played four snaps in the first four games, first three games, should be starting because as you said, Dan Moore freaking sucks. Don't even get me started on Joey Porter not starting. That's a different conversation outside of this. But dude, there's there's so many different things that happen even more than us just not not converting on that, right? Like it was so, so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the play call was pitiful, but at the same time, the execution was poor, and I do agree. I mean, Najee Harris was coming open on that play. Now, Najee was like the fourth option. Um, but step up the in right the pocket side. and take your reads. I know, and and Kenny did mess that up, but the fact that he was even put in that p position is... Agreed. It, it's just a misunderstanding of your personnel and, and, and what's going to be successful. I mean, we, we hadn't thrown the ball well all, all day. Kenny had been under pressure all day. And and they they should have just handed the ball off to Najee. Najee had run the ball really well, and they they didn't want to. And I'm I don't sick know. of it, man. I'm sick yeah. of it. I'm literally I mean, literally I'm I'm sick. I have a little cold. If you can't hear, so sorry to the listeners for my my voice or my my little sniffles going on here. But I I am just I'm I'm sick of it. Like I st going back to what I was saying. I still just don't understand. I I have this false sense of hope because we're going into a game. And and then we have a bye week, and maybe there will be a change in the bye week, but there won't. No. There won't. I'll tell myself there will be, but there won't. Like, it's sorry. Yeah, it's to put a bow on the Canada stuff. I mean, like, Tomlin said after the game on Sunday that changes were going to be made, and then he came out on his press conference Tuesday and said, "Added practice that it's be we we the changes are, are we need to be more physical and we need to practice harder with more pads because." We weren't physical enough. It has nothing to do with personnel or or coaching staff. And so Matt Canada is still the play caller. Matt Canada is still the offensive coordinator. He will not be relieved of his duties now. I don't think he'll be relieved of his duties maybe at all until the end of the year. We'll see what happens this week. I think if, if it's going to happen, it's after the Ravens game. But, but just to throw some statistics to you, the Steelers' total touchdowns through the first four games of a season under Mike Tomlin, 
the the worst three seasons have been the last three seasons with with Matt Canada. Yep. In 2021 and 2022 they had seven touchdowns. In 2023 they have they have six. Woo-hoo. So so there's a good stat there. Another one is right now the Steelers offense has the least plays per drive, the worst three and out percentage in the NFL, the worst yards per play on first down, and only drove into the red zone once in 26 first half drives this season. On top of that, in five ga- four games, they have five red zone trips. Two of them were against the Texans that we got field goals on. Five Let me give you a stat. Trips in the red zone. Let me give you a stat now. Well, hold on, but that puts them on pace for 21. No team ever since the expansion Texans have had less than 24. Or 28, I mean. 28, and they're, they're projected to get 24 if it stays on this pace. It's ridiculous. And then I have one more for you. Uh, actually, I don't have it for you. Either way, they are terrible, and maybe you have this one. They're terrible on the, the, the in the first quarter, and funny enough, what happens the first drive of the game or the first 15 plays of the game? It's usually your scripted plays. So those are the plays that Matt Canada's hand-picking, and uh, they are awful, and I don't have the stats to back it up, but um, it just shows that he's not leading, putting us in a position to win. Yeah, no, th- those are great. I, I I just want to read this one to kind of, like you said, put a bow on it. And and this isn't, we didn't even get into, Are, are were you going to cover the fact that Steven Nelson read the play where he had the interception because he knew no, that's a good, that yeah. that was the same exact play that we got Calvin Austin's touchdown on the prior I, week. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good thing to mention every single how week. Many times, saying, yeah. How many times do the opposing defenses have to say, oh yeah, we just watched the film and we know what they're going to do because they call the same place. Yeah. Are you kidding me? We, we joked today. You were like, you're like, this, this is a high school offense. And I said, no. This is worse than a high school offense. This is worse than a high school offense. Matt Canada must have 10 plays in his playbook and, and uses them every week. Multiple Pathetic times. Dude. But but here's my stat. This this I think is puts puts a bow on it because and it, it might transition us a little bit too into talking about the defense if we want. Because you know how we have this narrative around that the Steelers we always we always play these close games, right? These these close scoring games. Maybe we win by a field goal. Like we're always right around the spread. Whatever. I I really don't think that's the case anymore. So I have a stat here. This comes from Alex Kazora. Since 2021, the Steelers have lost six games by 22 plus points. Six games in three years that we lost by more than 22 points. From 1998 to 2020, it's a 22-year span. We only had six losses that big. So six losses in three years of 22-plus points, six losses in 22 years of three-plus points. Our our defense is is not doing great, but we know our offense isn't either. So I mean, and, and what happened in 2021, Matt Canada became the offensive coordinator. So, Correct. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious how we feel about him, but I don't think we can move on to the defense just yet. I, I really do think we need to touch on Kenny Pickett. I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying and, and putting a lot of blame on Pickett, and and I, I mean, he does deserve some blame. He's not playing well. He, he doesn't look comfortable. He, he just, he's just not playing well. And, but I mean, I, I definitely have to say, and I don't know, maybe you give your opinion first. Uh, do you, how much, how much of the blame, or, or do you really blame Kenny Pickett a lot for, for some of these, these issues? As in, like Tomlin aside, and we're talking like Kenny versus Canada. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or like the yeah the reason for the offense. I mean, I think there's three reasons. It's it's Canada, it's Kenny, and it's the offensive line. Uh, and and I mean, I, I think Kenny is the personally. I think he's. The, I think he he's not playing his best football, and he definitely deserves blame. But I think out of the three of them, he's probably the lowest of them. I think he's like a quarter of it. Yeah. Like what? Well, I don't know. He he just flat out. You said it. He he's just not playing well. But I think like his development is getting hindered Definitely. because of the situation he's in. And so we talked a little bit about this too, but it's like so much of this, We obviously 20 minutes, we sat here and we talked about Matt Canada. But it's like, what what is Kenny ever going to be like without him? And, and I'm just scared that 
we won't know or that he's going to get hurt too much by this that we won't ever get to see that yeah number. that this will scar his development and, and i mean well that's the risk that tomlin took was that it, this could scar his development he could never develop into who he was supposed to be i, I mean i don't know but it's, it's very possible it, it's tough for me like I know Kenny Pickett can be better, and I really do. I, I, have full, I have so much faith in Kenny, and I still support him, and I know he can be a franchise quarterback for us, and he can be the guy going forward. But, I mean, he just doesn't get put in the positions to do that. I, That's when, right. When you're calling this the same plays every time and what you're saying, Steven Nelson and all – Steven Nelson said it was obvious. He knew exactly what play because he knew they scored a touchdown at the week before. I mean, when the other teams know your plays, you run the same three or four plays every game five times – and then you're just put in these really tough scenarios. It's 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 really hard for the quarterback to do anything. And on top of that, I had mentioned how there's a third aspect to the offense struggling. I mean, it's it's the offensive line. They've they've really struggled. And and people might not realize this, but but Kenny is second in the NFL in hurries and first in being knocked down. Jeez. And he he's point two seconds off the bottom in time between snap and ensuring pressure. So there was only one like the worst person the one that gets pressured the fastest is 0.2 seconds faster than than kenny i mean kenny's not innocent he he is struggling and not playing well but he certainly is not the one to blame and, and i take it back to sunday night i was watching the, the kansas city chiefs play the new york jets and the narrative with the new york jets has been zach wilson is a terrible quarterback and never will right. be good right what did he do on sunday he came out and played really well did you, do you know what i noticed i noticed that they let they gave him free reigns kind of, and they really opened up the playbook for him. They didn't make him run on first, run on second, and then throw on the on third down, which we've yeah. talked about is really yeah. hard for a quarterback. And they also let him make changes at the line of scrimmage. If you watch that game, Zach Wilson's either, I don't know, either they call two plays in the huddle or he's audibling, but he was at the line of scrimmage changing things the entire time, and they were really, really successful against a pretty good Chiefs defense. And and I just think back with Kenny, like Kenny has none of that. He gets to the line of scrimmage, and then he has to just say hut. Like, they're not making changes. They're not letting him make ch changes. And and I don't know. It's it's hard for me to think that it's all Kenny, considering that we have seen this for three years with three different – four different quarterbacks, and every single quarterback has had the same result. I know Ben Roethlisberger was at the end of his career, but all four quarterbacks have had the same result. To me, it's – I mean, Kenny is the part of the problem. He is not the problem. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. The, the thing I was just going to add is, like – Mitch comes in when Kenny goes down and, and what's he do? Nothing like no, no better. So I don't know, man. It's you're right. You're right. There's it's a three headed beast. And one of those heads gets all the blame. Matt Canada, which I, I think he should get most of it. Yeah. Um, Kenny needs to take. Yeah. You know some some of the responsibility there which i think he does he does and um, he had some really good plays throughout the game i mean it, it needs to be and it needs to be said that he did have some really nice plays and, and did some good things even with being handicapped by by the offense so that's why i still have faith because i've seen it and i've seen that he can do it he just needs to be put in a better position and it's it's hard as a as a second year quarterback trying to figure this out so on the o-line we have broderick jones solidified as a starter now right yeah, Dan Moore didn't practice today or hasn't practiced all week. I think he, I think he's already been announced as being out this week. Okay, uh, so he will not be playing. So yes, Broderick Jones will get his first NFL start, which should be the the handing off of of the left tackle position. I I would think. Hopefully, and the rumor is is that Kenny says he wants to play. So so Kenny has a, a bone bruise is what came out of the the scan for him. Um, so good news there with, with nothing to his ACL or MCL or meniscus. That's what they were kind of concerned about. So they called it a bone bruise. Um, and he, yeah, he could and, play Sunday. And he's been supposed he, I mean, I think he, he practiced today, but he was seen in the locker room on Monday, walking around perfectly fine without a limp or without a crutches or a boot or anything. So, I, I mean, they, they say he looks fine. Play, play Tomlin here. Not that you want to do that, but play Tomlin. Would you play him? So and, and the reason I ask that is no. it's the Ravens, and you know it's going to be a hard physical battle. But it's also we have a bye week next week. Do do you take give him two weeks off, let him get fully healthy, or do you play him hoping that you can win and uh, and see what happens? And then you say you have the whole bye week to to rest. I'd play Mitch. I I think I think we know what we have in Mitch. 
kind of think going into this game, you already kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. Uh, I honestly think you, you play Mitch and let it ride. And who knows? Maybe something changes too with the offense. Maybe you see a little bit of a spark. Yeah. Uh, well, who knows? I would play uh, Mason Rudolph, personally. Yeah, Rudolph? I think Rudolph gives you a better... We know what Mitch is, and Mitch is nothing. I, I, I mean, he's a good backup, but uh, why not give Mason Rudolph a chance? I know he's starting on the depth chart, and that's kind of weird to jump your backup, but I, I know what Mitch is. I, I don't want to watch Mitch play again. Look at I, that. I, I convinced mean, you to be a Mason fan. How about it? Yeah, I would rather see Mason Rudolph play. I do think Kenny Pickett does end up playing, and if there's no, if there's a low risk of him making it worse, then I'm okay with that. But I do get giving him the two weeks off and letting him be fully healthy after the bye. Yeah, it's just a no-brainer to me when you have a week six bye just to let him sit now. But it but is this it is a, this is a huge game, so it I is. mean, I get you that know from that what's aspect. what's let's be straight with it. If if the Steelers win this game, we're in first place in the yeah. AFC North. Yep. Um, at three and two, the Ravens would be at three and two. The Browns, if they win, would be three and two, and and the Bengals are not. Well, looking and if we're too doing hot, this, so. I mean, let's talk about the state of the the AFC North. I mean, the the Ravens did look good last week. And and I think their offense is starting to come together, which is which is kind of scary. But the Browns are the Browns, and yep. Deshaun Watson was medically cleared to play and said he knows his body better than anybody else and decided to sit out. Yep. And they and they got smoked by the Ravens. And then the Bengals look horrible. Their offense Awful. looks terrible, and, and they're one and three. So I mean, we, yeah, we're and we're sitting in sixth in the AFC right now. I mean, it was such an embarrassing loss that it felt like everything was burning to the ground. We are right where we need to be in terms of record. It's just performance isn't isn't there right now. Yeah, and I said last week, I said, hey, if there's if we can go into the bye week three and two, I'll be happy. I I don't know. I don't think it's gonna happen. We'll get into maybe we'll get into our preview in a few minutes. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but um we're in the thick of it. We're in the yeah. thick of it. It's probably a good way to put it. Like there is enough time that we can perhaps turn things around, but I don't know if it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add with the offense? I think we kind of no. hit a lot there. They suck. That's yeah, the it. offense is hard to watch, and it's it's bad. But I don't enjoy watching Steelers football. I didn't last week. I mean, I haven't for three years, really. It's hard. I it's mean, hard. It, we don't really do anything. All right, so I think we need to we need to switch sides because in this whole in this whole Matt Canada fiasco and Kenny getting hurt fiasco. There, I think there's a really big thing that's been missed and not been talked about. The defense got absolutely dominated. Swiss cheese. Dominated by the Houston Texans in a Swiss rookie cheese. quarterback. Yep. Dominated. And and I think this side of the ball, more so even than, I mean, the offense, we outcoached ourselves because we don't have coaches. But the def- their offense versus our defense is really where you saw the mismatch in coaching between the two teams. Yep. I mean, they game plan for us so well. We came into the game knowing that they had Kendrick Green as one of their five starting linemen, including four. So he was one of four backups to be playing. One guy was a practice squad, I think, tackle. And they had one starting lineman playing. So four backups, one starter on the offensive line. We thought our defensive line would be all over them. Sure. What they do. They came out and game plan and threw quick passes and and basically took TJ and Highsmith out of the game. Yep. The Steelers never do that. I mean, we have you would think we would have just as good of an offensive line as them, and their offensive line looked like like a brick wall because they made them look like a brick wall. And I just thought our defense was was bad and and there would seem like a lack of effort and I don't know. I am very, very unhappy with Terrell Austin and, and, and this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Two things I'm gonna point out. Totally agree. First of all. Minka Fitzpatrick, leading tackler of the game, 11 tackles. There is no reason your free safety should be the leading tackler on your team. That basically means that everyone else is out of position and Minka is picking up other people's slack. Should not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Second piece. Let's talk about just for a second, because because I talked about that the fourth and two play with 10 minutes left. We talked about the fourth and one play. There was a third, not even a play, but but kind of a, a mindset here that really, really got me going. We are down 13 to three. There's about two minutes left in the half. Granted, we have the whole field to have to drive. I think we started that drive on our 15, but 
you and I had texted each other at that point, and we said, man, we're playing like dog shit, quite frankly. Yeah. Down 13 nothing. But hey, what if you go into the locker room 13-7, you get the ball to start the third quarter. Could be a, a you know, you, you could flip this game right here. You could You could take the momentum. Yeah. I didn't even have in mind the possibility of us not scoring anything and the Texans capitalizing and getting points themselves. So yeah. me thinking it was going to be innocent, naive me thinking it's going to be 13 to seven. And it actually turns out to be 16, nothing because we kill a little bit of time. We punt it off and our defense looks like absolute. I said it earlier, Swiss cheese. We get totally, totally picked off by five plays in 41 seconds for them to come down and, and kick a field goal and get more and points. And go 57 yards on two plays. It, it, it's a five-play drive. It really was a two-play drive. It was two a 40, It was a 42-yard pass and a 15-yard pass, both to Nico Collins, who actually is a pretty good player, by the way. But And 50, two spikes. And two spikes. Yeah. Yep, to go from their own 22 to our 21, to go 57 yards. I mean, yeah, the, the defense looked... Pathetic. Looked absolutely terrible. I mean, the D-line and no pressure, the... TJ and Highsmith were nearly non-existent. The secondary, my goodness. I mean, let's talk about the secondary here. So, Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson, when targeted this season, did, did you see these stats? They they are giving up a sixty-one point four percent completion rate. Jeez, four hundred and eighty-seven yards allowed, thirteen point nine yards per completion, seven TDs allowed, one hundred and six point five passer rating, and combined they have nine missed tackles. In fact, talking about the missed tackles, they have – where is it? They they are leading the team in missed tackles, the two of them. And and I think the third – or actually, I'm sorry. It's Keanu Neal is second. And, and, so, like, the three – it's Patrick Peterson with six. His missed tackle percent is 30%. Keanu Neal, one of our safeties, is, has five missed tackles at 21% missed tackles. Then Levi Wallace has three which is 14%. And then we have three guys, Minka, Joey Porter Jr., Elijah Riley, each have one. This all makes sense. You know why we thought the offense was so good? Because our secondary sucks. So in the camp, was, when, we, when we thought they were good. The, set, the tackling was terrible this weekend. And, and, and the coverage is awful. I mean, if those numbers don't spit out that Joey Porter Jr. needs to play more, then I, I don't really know what, what else needs to be said. I'm, I'm yeah. so tired of these the training wheel is being put on these rookies. How many guys, how many teams are playing rookies? CJ Stroud was the second overall pick and he just threw for 306 yards against us. I, I mean, why, why are we not playing our rookies? If these guys are the best people on the team, which I think they are proving they are considering Joey Porter jr. Has been pretty good when he's in there and yeah. project drones. And I mean, he's had limited time and it's hard to know about an offensive lineman, but he looks pretty good too. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough for me, and I really hope that Joey Porter Jr. starts getting starts getting some more play time. I do too. It's it's hard when you see nothing out of the offense, you see nothing out of the defense. We raved about Presley Harvin last week on special teams, and he was out, so we had Brad Wing, who didn't have think, that bad of a game. I was going to say, I don't think Brad Wing played played that badly. Five punts, but, fifty-two long, forty-seven point six. Not as good as Har- Harvin did the last two weeks, but not terrible. There was. I'm going to try and take this into a, a balls of steel here because there was nothing, nothing good. I can't give this to anything, any, any player. I mean, there, sure. There were a couple efforts. I know you, we, you have someone you you want to mention or a couple things you want to mention, but I can't give a balls of steel to, to really anyone. I, I, what was that? Do we get any good news this week? Maybe that Kenny's healthy. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give balls of steel to to Kenny's MRI. The fact that Kenny's okay, that's the only good news I feel like I got this week. So balls of steel, the MRI that that Kenny got. Congratulations, you did it. That's it. That's depressing, but I can give you a couple more pieces that I think are decent news. Let's hear I, it. I mean, so there's there's three big depth chart changes. Um, I guess four technically, and, and I think a fifth is on the way. But Calvin Austin's listed as a starter receiver. He Love kind of that. already was, but I think that's a good thing. Desmond King is now listed as an or starter with Shannon Sullivan in the slot. Okay. I think – I don't know if Desmond King – I mean, I could try to pull up the, snap, the snaps. I don't think he's played much at all defensively. 
I think getting him in there would be really, really helpful for the, for this team. Uh, yeah. He didn't play a single defensive snap last week. Um, and then uh, he also was listed as a starting kick returner. Desmond King is, which he already was, but the, the big one is Keanu Benton is now listed as an, or starter with the Arvin, the, the Marvin Leal. Leal. So, I, I Benton's one of the, the rookies that I forgot to mention. He's played really well, but on limited snaps. It's sounding like his training wheels are coming off and they're going to get rid of his snap snap limit. And, and I think that could be really, really big for the defense. So those are those are some, I think, positive notes. The fifth one that hasn't been official yet, I do think Joey Porter Jr. is going to play more. And um, if that is the case, that would be really helpful for the defense. I hope so. Okay. All right. I could give my balls a steal now. And I, have, I, I will give it to a player. Uh, I, I think... I think it would be wrong if we don't admit if we don't talk about this guy, and especially with how divisive or the fan base is so separated on it, their opinion of him. I think Najee Harris gets it for me. He Gosh, had four, he had 14 carries for 71 yards. It looked like there in the second half that he was the only person that cared to play, um, and he was trying to single handedly carry the offense, which I thought was pretty impressive. And then, oh, then they didn't give him the ball. Um, but that and that kind of goes into and I'll I'll take a little tangent here. That kind of goes into Mason Cole made a comment about this. They have one mistake, which in this case was they did, ran the same run play for like the third time, and Jalen Warren got stuffed in the backfield for like an eight yard loss. This was right before the a couple plays before the fourth and one. Um, they they just have a negative play and then they get away from what's working, and and that's just another reason why Canada sucks. But going back to Najee, this year he has his most yards per carry, most yards per contact at or yards after contact per carry most missed tackles forced per carry and most or highest percentage of explosive explosive runs per carry in his career in his three-year career the guy is running unbelievably well i mean he's averaging 4.3 yards per carry behind a terrible offensive line i I just think Najee's playing really well another thing for you is he has eight broken tackles through the first four games that's tied for fourth most by any player in the nfl he's averaging a broken tackle once every six attempts that's yeah, third amongst running backs. The guy's running hard. He, he he's running downhill, and and he's trying. He tried to do it on his own on on Sunday, and just wasn't given the opportunity. So, yeah, no, Najee. thanks, thanks for pointing that out. It's it's a that's a good one. And you're right. The fan base is very much divided on him. We we've talked about Najee before and how we support him. I I do think he he's getting wrecked in the fact that he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage so much. But yeah, um, you know. He he actually in an interview, I think it was today that came out, he he said a really good thing you want to hear from your players and, and basically said, you know, we, we gotta stop pointing fingers. Like we, yep. we need to execute execute better. And uh it it's it's a fair point. I mean, we hate we hate Matt Canada and part of it's there, but you know, it's a, it's a good thing you want to hear from from a player. So yeah, and he's not an official captain, but you can tell he's a leader in the locker room. They said after the game on Sunday, Project Jones was pretty down. Again, they got they got their butts butts kicked, and he feels responsible for getting Kenny hurt. And Najee had a, like a personal like conversation with him to try to bring him up. I mean, Najee is one of the biggest leaders in the locker room, and and I, I'm happy to see him continue to do well. I did want to do two quick other sign, kind of honorary balls and steal. I thought that what the the NFL did. Um, give them a little credit in the Houston Texans for honoring JJ Watt while TJ was playing there. I thought it was pretty cool. Gave them a good family experience. Um, and then the other thing is Steelers nation, I think deserves a shout out. I, I mean, we've made it very loud and clear what our opinions on Matt Canada and, and most of Steelers nation has made that opinion, including there's been s- signs spotted at Duke university on college game, game this day. Past weekend. There was a uh, sign spotted tonight at AEW wrestling. Uh, which is not WWE, but uh, you know, a smaller wrestling thing of, that said Fire Canada. I think it's really out there and has a lot of momentum and uh, good for Steelers Nation getting their voices heard. Heck yeah, man! Not that it matters, but I mean, at least we're we're trying to say what we feel. Fire him, can him, can Canada. So okay, but who's your balls of steel then? Or I'm sorry, Jag off of the week. <sighs> I can't give it to Canada, right? That's he's exempt because he would get it every week. I mean, you can give it to him if you want. Can I give it to Mike Tomlin? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to do. I think I've already used him once, but yeah. I just... It has to be Mike Tomlin. The way that he approached his press conference and the excuses that he gave, not giving any clarity, saying we're... You already talked about this. Saying we're making changes, 
not making changes. What are we going to do? Padded practice. What the, what the hell does that do? Uh, sick of it, man. Sick and tired. I think the, yeah, I mean, it, it's over. It, it's just like, I, I can't get over the fact that, I mean, the two, and this is a pretty well-known thing, the Roonies don't really get involved in personnel changes, or staff changes, I mean, and Matt Cannon Matt and Tara Austin are here because of because of Mike Tomlin. And, and to think that this defense, which, again, I think we're not talking about enough, this defense looks bad right now. Yeah. And we chose Terrell Austin over Brian Flores. Yeah. Just blows my mind. He has so much less talent in Minnesota. And I don't know what the stats are, but I'm pretty sure they're not that much worse than us. And and that's really hard for me to grasp. But they they knew they had a good coach, a coach that was a, a head coach, a coach that's been a defensive coordinator and been very yep. successful and just let him walk because they were going to stay loyal to their their own guy. I mean, it's the same thing with Matt Canada, right? I, I mean, it's the same thing. And, and I think that's all on Tomlin. And uh the lack of effort, the losing to a team they should not lose to on the road like they do every single year. Yep. I mean, it's a laundry list. And and I really think it's it's all because of Mike Tomlin and and he deserves the jag off of the week. He is the jag off of the season. And he's not on the hot seat because he's protected by the Roonies. I think he should be on the hot seat. And I think he should very seriously be walking by the end of this year. But yeah, that, maybe that's a maybe maybe that's a that's a, a hot take, but it but hot it's take, but it's common amongst amongst the fan base. I mean, I, I just think of like Look back at what happened during the off season and and the changes that Omar Khan made and like the people he brought in and the things that he did and the draft that we had and it's like we're not playing these guys right. we're we're making these acquisitions and like they're playing like shit because things aren't executed well like I I, I can't believe you can have such a positive mindset and a guy like Omar Khan making so many of these moves saying that we're fleecing all these other teams and making all these positive changes Yeah, to sit there and have Matt Canada and Terrell Austin as your coordinator. It's just, it's a dumpster fire. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's tough. It, uh, it's, it's really tough to deal with. And I think Mike, I mean, somebody, I think it was Charlie Batch uh, listening to post game brought up that, and maybe it wasn't Charlie Batch, but somebody brought this up. It kind of seems very similar to Andy Reid in his time with the Eagles. I mean, you're it, things are allowed to be good with a in an era, but they're also allowed to end. Yeah, and and it's kind of like the Andy Reid era in, in Philadelphia. He did really good things there, but just the time for the two sides just came to an end. And I I really feel like that's what it is with Mike Tom. And I think it's I think it's run its course, and I think it's closing in on the on the end of the road. Well. Time will tell, my friend. One one quick lighthearted, more lighthearted question. Uh, it's been floating around. I want your take. How do you feel about possibly Ben Roethlisberger coming in and being the offensive coordinator? I'd love it, but it won't happen. All right, I'll get, throw you another one. How about Antonio Brown? AOCAB has been trending on Twitter. Double down, I'd love it even more. Also won't happen. <laughs> I would hate Antonio Brown as the offensive coordinator. I do think Ben Roethlisberger could be a good offensive coordinator. I, will I think say he that, could. But... I think he could. But I, I think Ben, once, once his, his time, it doesn't want to do it. Yeah, it would be nice. But yeah. All right, let's, let's move into a Ravens preview. Sound good? Yep. All right, so we have a matchup at home in Pittsburgh. I'm actually going to be home, home this weekend. I'm, I'm going to try and go. Uh, I'll be home as well, actually. What? Maybe we should try to go together. Let's do it. Tickets are pretty rowdy for for, gosh, for a team that sucks. Man, I was looking last week and they were so expensive. And then I watched that game and I'm like, I don't know if I can go sit through a Steelers game. But maybe that's true. We should go. Uh, we'll we'll look into it. We'll look into it. But okay, Ravens, three and one. They're undefeated on the road. Two and zero oh on the road. Um, they're coming off a big win, as you mentioned, against the Cleveland Browns. And uh, we know we always play the Ravens close. Yeah, we always do. Um, these are generally close games. They're field goal heavy games. They're gritty, but I could see the Ravens totally clobbering us and taking advantage of us. I could see this being a 28 to nothing game. Yeah. Yeah. I, let me just throw some stats out there and then I'll give you my feeling. Um, points scored per game. The Ravens are 12th. Uh, they're third in points allowed. They're only giving up 14 and a half points per game. Um, they're even in the takeover, take, take turnover battle, man. I can't talk. Um, they're 26 passing the ball, fourth running the ball. They, they run the, they have 151 yards per game on the ground. That's going to be scary against our 29th ranked, uh, or yep. yeah, 29th ranked run defense. 
Um, on the defensive side of the ball, they they're playing really, really good football. Their defense against the pass, they're third in the league, giving up only 168 yards per game in the air, which is really, really low. And then they're seventh uh, against the the rush, only giving up 92 yards per game. So I do think this is going to be a tough one for us. Um, now, granted, some of that is inflated considering they played C.J. Stroud in his first career game. They played a backup in Gardner Minshew, and they also played a backup Dorian Thompson Robinson for the Browns last year in his first NFL game. So yep. they have had some good lucky matchups there, but I do think their defense is, is pretty solid. So it should be tough. How I feel this is going to go is how I want it to go is I, 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 I never want to lose, but I feel like this would be a decent time for us to, sorry, I just sneezed. Did you hear me <laughs> sneeze? I apologize. Uh, no, no, you're good. I, I saw, I don't know how to meet my, I don't know how to meet my mic. So no, no, to our listeners, if you heard me sneeze, I apologize. I just no, see you laughing. It's it's no, it's good. It's good. It was funny. You know, you did a good job hiding it. I'm just saying that I, I was just saying that I think that I don't ever want to lose, but I think if we could lose and and kind of again paint the picture that that this offense stinks and things really do need to change during the bye week, I think that could be a win for this team. So I think I, that's what I kind of want to happen. I want the offense to struggle to maybe make a point. But what I really think is going to happen is they're going to come out here and they're going to play Steelers Ravens football. It's going to be a low scoring game. It's going to be a tight game. And I would not be shocked if we pull out a victory. It's Dude, just, if we it, lose, it's the most Steelers Ravens thing for us to come out and win this game. If I, we lose, I want to lose bad. I want right. to score zero points. Yeah. Zero points. Shut us out. Fire Mac Canada. Done deal. How, how does that not tell you what you need to do? Yeah. I, I don't think that will happen. Um, I think they will come out with a little bit of fire, and I think they do keep it close. And I think they have a chance to win. But all right, um, I'm going to ask you a question here. Sure. Who will have more points, Chris Boswell, our defense, or our running backs? Oh uh, well, our running backs can't score, so it won't be our running backs. Um, I think Boswell has a pretty big day. Okay. Three field I goals. We kick, I think we kick a lot of field goals. Maybe have a defensive touchdown. So maybe the defense gets outscored nine to seven by Boswell. We got to get past the fifty to score field goals. Actually, we got to get past the forty. Yeah, we. I mean, we did that twice last week. Yeah. Or, so I mean, maybe three times. So it's possible. All right. Well, we'll see. You know, I never, I never want the Steelers to lose. No, me neither. Um, just like you. But if it happens. I hope we go down big enough that, that Canada can go. Completely agree. Week. Completely so. agree. Yeah, so sorry about this week. It was a lot less stat and game-driven. It was a lot more emotions. and Emotional and, and, and sniffly. <laughs> yes. And sneezy. But I think everybody in Steelers Nation kind of understands that, and uh, it's what was needed after this past Sunday. So hopefully it gets better. Totally. So maybe we'll get to this game poll. Hopefully the Steelers win. Or hopefully yeah. we lose bad enough to fire Matt Canada. We will see yeah. what happens there. But, you know, we'll carry on. We're still going to have an episode here in the bye week for you guys after this this week. We'll recap kind of the Ravens game and everything and uh, and have, a again, an episode during the bye. And maybe we'll see if we can get someone on. We'll figure it out. But yeah. as always, we appreciate the listeners. And uh, take care, everyone. Um, don't lose faith. Don't lose faith and don't jump off the bandwagon. All right, everyone. See you later. Peace.